What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today I am joined by a guest. So you guys know Nate, Nate Christian from Dynasty Rewind. Well, actually, there's another guy that I really like from that same crew. Mike, how are you doing? You want to introduce yourself to the people, plug anything you want before we get started, because I'm very excited to have you on. Dude, I'm excited to be here. Um, you were on our pod once before, fantastic guest. I tell everybody that asks about you, I wish you weren't doing your own podcast because I would try to steal you, and I mean that with all sincerity. <laughs> so my name is Michael Bauer. I'm the host of the Dinosaur Rewind. You can find me at Rewind CEO. Um, just doing rookie breakdowns right now, right now, man. Grinding film, uh, lots of good stuff. So I know a lot of people don't watch film. If you don't know who who you want to take. Head on over to the Dynasty Rewind. We're going to let you know. we got a Patreon going with a group chat, all sorts of good stuff, bonus pods, written content. So lots of fun. Uh, we're, we're a pretty lighthearted group. You know us pretty well. Well, yes, at least sir. Nate and I. But you know, if you get along with us, you're going to get along great with everybody else. Excited to be here. Fan of yours. Ready to rock and roll. Talk some free agents. Yes. Today. That's what, that's what yes. we're doing, man. Yes, I'm sir. Ready. I'm excited to talk about these free agents. And I appreciate what you said, man. I mean – it's still crazy to me that I'm even, you know, doing the whole podcasting thing that I dove into it and I'm glad to have you on. So if you are done making your plugs, guys, this is Michael Bauer, as he said, a good friend of mine, one of the first people, actually the first podcast I ever guested on. Was and it really? Yes, it was. It was. Oh, see, that's an honor to me. I, I'm not going to lie. That's awesome. Dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, and you gave me some helpful tips. It's helped me grown to, uh, grow too, Absolutely. as well, so... Yeah, I appreciate a lot that you've uh, you helped me out with. And before we get started, guys, just want to say that obviously I didn't have an episode come out on Friday, so I have dove headfirst into my new career, which you guys have heard once or twice, and it's really taken up my time about like 13 hours a day on weekdays, so I don't really have time to give you guys top-tier deep-dive content if I'm doing two a week. So I'm going to knock it down to one for now. It's going to release on Tuesdays. And then once I you know, have my foot in the door enough where I feel comfortable enough to just be able to pull some time back from work, then I'll be able to get back to two days a week. It will happen eventually, guys. But just stick with me here. We're doing one a week for now. And we're going to start with the free agents at the quarterback position. So we've got a couple quarterbacks that stayed. We've got Jameis Winston that stayed in New Orleans and Cam Newton that stayed in New England. What are your thoughts there, Mike? Because I think that both of these guys have some pretty decent upside considering where they will probably be taken in drafts coming up. It's a really low-risk, high-reward for both teams, and both guys have job security for a year, right? I mean, I like it. Cam was a smart one. Remember Jarrett Stidham's season on Twitter last year? <laughs> yes. You remember that, right? That that was almost as good as AJ Dillon's season for a minute, but we'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. Um, I see a lot of people on Twitter, and if you're on fantasy Twitter, ooh, it's a rough place to be. Some people are projecting Cam Newton to be a low uh, quarterback one this year. 
I don't know if I can get on board with that. I think in a super flex, if I'm banking on him to be a, like a low to mid quarterback too, we're okay with that, right? But uh, as far as Jameis, I'm actually I wanted he's one of the guys I wanted to talk to you about. I don't know what to do because they're really it seems like they're committed to Taysom Hill. Like, who do we go all in here for fantasy? I mean, for real NFL, if you're the Saints, you have two guys that you can rely on to start a game. But for fantasy, which is what we're talking about, what do you do? I don't even know. Yeah, it's definitely a tough situation. I do think that part of the reason Taysom Hill was the quarterback last year was because it's somebody that people have not seen very much. And he's somebody with dynamic rushing ability, which is, for a coach like Sean Payton, very easy to scheme up a game plan for and get some wins, some short-term wins, which is what Taysom Hill was doing for them. I don't know if Sean Payton actually believes Taysom Hill can be a sustained starter over the course of the season, and I think that's why they tried so hard, despite their cap situation being pretty tough, to keep Jameis in the building. And I think if we look at the draft, let's say this situation is not settled, and we come to the NFL draft, and people are still trying to make decisions. If the Saints are leaning more to the offensive personnel in the draft, let's say they draft another receiver in the first round or whatnot, that would lead me to believe that they are going to be rolling out Jameis Winston. And if they go the other route, if they start trying to keep their defense strong, they've got a lot of guys that are young that are going to be free agents and aren't going to be able to resign them all pretty soon. If their focus is going to the defense, that makes me think that they want to keep the run-heavy approach with low, minimal turnover risk with Taysom Hill and Kamara and then some short passing game with the occasional deep ball and then rely on their defense. So if they're trying to stack weapons on the offense, I think it's going to be Jameis. And if they just focus on the defense, I think that would be a good hint towards Taysom Hill. But if I had to choose right now, I think it would be Jameis. So what are your thoughts on that? And if not, if no thoughts on that, then I can give my take on Cam Newton because I think I actually like him a little bit more than you do. Yeah, I mean, my only concern is I think it's, you know, wheels up for everybody if Jameis is the quarterback. But if Taysom Hill is the guy, you got to kind of devalue a guy like Michael Thomas, sure. maybe Alvin Kamara a little bit. And maybe Adam Troutman gets a slight bump. Jared Cook did leave. He could be kind of a security blanket. I'm a big Adam Troutman guy anyway. I have him in a ton of spots. People told me I was stupid for drafting him last year. Now they're trying to trade and get him off my team. So I, I just think it's funny. But um, that's really what I have to say about the Saints situation. So tell me why. Tell me why I'm wrong about Cam Newton here, because I just maybe. What do you think it was coronavirus last year? We saw what happened with him afterwards. Zeke, same thing. He wasn't the same when he came back. Yeah, it's a possibility. I do think that's a, a huge possibility because Cam Newton was playing well before he got COVID, and after that he wasn't like you said. And even when you're looking at Zeke, like you were saying, that's another good example. But when we're looking at the situation Cam Newton had last year. They had the worst receiving core, if you include tight end and wide receiver, in the league. And their running backs were not even, they didn't even have a dynamic receiving threat. Like James White, I feel like he was in and out of the lineup all through the season. And he's also, he's been great for fantasy at times and is a good check down guy. But he's not like some dynamic Kamara or McCaffrey type of receiving back. So he had no weapons to work with. And when he's a guy who has dominated by being able to run the ball, if he becomes one-dimensional, kind of like what we've seen with Lamar Jackson happen, even though Cam Newton is not to that level as a rusher. But he's not going to be one-dimensional anymore. They've got, and we'll talk about these guys, but Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and as much as we laugh at the money that they paid Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, those are probably upgrades from what they had last season. And Nelson Aguilar at least gives For them sure. some sort of a deep threat. So I think Cam Newton's going to have 
way better weapons, mainly because of the tight ends. And they've also made some upgrades on the offensive line. They got Trent Williams, brought him in. They've got, I think, Isaiah Wynn was their first rounder that's coming back from injury. So their offensive line is probably going to be pretty good too. So I think it's a good situation for Cam Newton, and I think he's kind of being undervalued because he's always, when he's played 16 games, I believe he's always been a top-five quarterback until last year, but last year he still didn't even play 16 games. So I don't think he would be a top-five, especially with all the talent we have, but I do think Cam Newton would be like a locked-in top-12 if you could guarantee me 16 games healthy. So I think one other aspect that you need to look at, too, is a lot of their defense opted out last year. Yes. And their defense was still pretty good, but with that defense coming back, that's going to make the game a little bit more manageable for the offense. And guys like Cam Newton, I think if there's anybody I want from that offense, though, it is Cam, because the Patriots look like they're going to roll out their typical Patriot system. You don't know who's going to be running the damn ball. You don't know who's going to be catching the ball. It's going to be – and it's frustrating for us as fantasy owners, but if you're a Patriots fan – or, you know, you're a fan of just good football, that's what you're getting. You're getting a team that spreads the ball around. And it's going to frustrate the hell out of us. And I'm just going to stick with my, you know, no Patriots running backs ever. Yeah. I, I never draft Patriots running backs. <laughs> Refuse. Yeah, I like what you said about Cam Newton being the only person you would touch because I guess we're already starting to touch on Johnu and Hunter Henry, so we might as well just dive in on the Patriots, right, and not worry about just going by position strictly. So Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry – horrible landing spot for them considering they landed there together and that sucks I mean I was all over Johnu I thought he would land in a place like Indy or not Green Bay but you know just one of these high-flying offenses where he could finally get the targets because Tennessee never really threw the ball that much and they had AJ Brown and they had Corey Davis and it just didn't happen and at first when he signed I was like okay this could be pretty decent then Hunter Henry follows and then both of them are ruined And like you said, the running backs, no thank you. So Cam Newton is the only person I would like there. And I'm happy you brought up the defense because I think that's actually something that I could use against you as well because usually a defense getting better is worse for a fantasy quarterback. Usually because they have to throw the ball less, right? And they have to catch up less and put up points less. But Cam Newton is somebody who has always operated better as a rusher. And for example, when you look at Lamar Jackson, he is worse in games when he's not able to run the ball if they're behind and I feel like with a better defense Cam Newton will be able to run the ball more he won't be put into negative game scripts and that'll allow the thing that produces the most fantasy points to be prominent in his game agreed and so with that said just to hit on the other few quarterbacks I mean not really much to talk about uh, except maybe one Andy Dalton to Chicago I mean, is that really much of a difference than Nick Foles or Trubisky for Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney? I don't really think so. Um, stop me if you if you disagree. And then Tyrod Taylor to Houston. I mean, unless Deshaun Watson gets traded, then that probably doesn't mean anything. And even if he does, they're probably going to use that draft capital, even though I love Tyrod, to go get a quarterback. So Because obviously they'd get a whole bunch for Watson. So I don't see anything happening right. with Tyrod. But the one thing that is kind of interesting is Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick to Washington. I've been on the Terry McLaurin train for, I think, it feels like just the the last offseason because he's done really good in a horrible situation. And he's been in an offense that will not get worse, right? He's only going to see improvements in possible touchdown opportunities. 
He should see an improvement in efficiency if they're adding weapons because he's not going to be the only person defenses have to worry about anymore. And he's never been somebody who's pulling in 150 targets and, oh, now he's not the only guy, so it's going to get worse. He hasn't been that dominant, so his target share should be fine. And now he's got a quarterback who's going to sling it. I love Terry McLaurin. What are your thoughts? No, I like this too. Um, I'm going to tell you, go grab... uh, Tyler Taylor Heineke whatever his first name is Taylor Heineke yes Taylor Heineke we've seen Fitzpatrick when he is the guy (laughs) go out there and light it up for a few games and then just lay an egg get replaced for a few games blah 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 so if you have one you probably want the other as well just in case you could and Heineke played well played well in the in the playoffs I thought he gave them a real shot to win that game so hats off to him. He got himself a nice little two-year contract extension. Um, we also now I know this was a little bit before free agency. I, I just want to kind of flip it around. Dwayne Haskins, former Washington quarterback, is now with the Steelers. Do you think long term? Is there anything there? Like, would you want him on any of your dynasty rosters at all? Or I'm I'm out. I've never been a Haskins guy. Yeah, I can see the appeal because he's a young guy, former first-round pick. But as you said, I have never been a Haskins guy either. So, yeah, I'm out on Haskins as well. Okay. We agree on that one then. Yeah, for sure. So, with that said, let's talk about the other addition to the Washington football team, right? That's Curtis Samuel. What are your thoughts on him? And before we do dive in too much, I do want to let people know, don't just think that this receiving course finished. Because it's very possible they add a third name there in the first or second round in this super deep receiver class. Because if they did, now you're looking at Curtis Samuel, which he was a third receiver with Rivera in um, in Carolina before that. And so now you've got Curtis Samuel there. You've got Terry McLaurin there. Very possible Curtis goes back to a third role if they add someone. So what are your thoughts on Curtis? I'll let you basically just take it away. I like the addition. And... I think you're right. They let's not forget they still have Steven Sims there. A lot of people are high on him. Cam Sims came on late at the end of the year. Uh, we got who else? Kelvin Harmon got injured last year. Antonio Gandy Golden was there too. So you know, they, honestly, I don't know what else the football team needs aside from a long-term solution at quarterback. I'm an Eagles fan, so it hurts me to say this. They're in a weak division. Okay. Um, the Giants are fine. The Giants quarterback situation isn't great either. Not a big Daniel Jones guy. But if they were able to land somebody in the draft like a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask, man, look out. Look out for the football team, right? I honestly don't know how much draft cap because eventually they're going to have to start paying these guys. Rookie contracts, they run out eventually. So I don't know how much they want to invest. Um, I like the Curtis Samuel signing, though. And I do think the guy that this might hurt is Antonio Gibson, to be honest with you. Um, Curtis Samuel can do a lot of everything, to be honest with you. He, he can line up in the backfield. We saw him doing it with Carolina last year. So who's to say that Riverboat Ron won't do that in Washington as well? So he, he can line up in the slot. He can line up outside in the backfield. Really hurts Antonio Gibson the most, I feel. Um, and I don't know if J.D. McKissick's going to be back or not. Do you know if he's back? Uh, he did sign a two-year deal with them, I believe, last okay, year. Good. So he should be back, yeah. So it's so, actually interesting yeah. what you're saying about Curtis, though, because hurting, possibly hurting Gibson, because I'm a huge Gibson guy. I love Gibson. And initially, when Curtis signed, I was like, oh, man, does that hurt Gibson? 
And I can't be too convicted either way as a yes or a no to that to answer that question until I do my statistical projections, which I'm sure you you know what I'm talking about. I think that's why you brought me on in the first place last year. And yep, it was. Yeah, and that that doesn't happen. I don't do that stuff until after the draft because it'd be pointless to do it before and then people add new players. So I'm not gonna do that. But um man, sorry. I completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, so yeah, Antonio Gibson, right? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be hurt that much from Curtis Samuel because J.D. JD McKissick saw more than 100 targets last season, and he's just a guy. And I, I fully believe that their plan is to turn Antonio Gibson into that three-down workhorse, and he was not anywhere near what he could reach in terms of receiving ability and targets. I mean, he played receiver in college. So I think Curtis Samuel is going to take maybe 30... 25 receptions or targets away from the J.D. McKissick role, get the rest from other receivers that he's replacing, and then Gibson could still see a bump of maybe 15, 20 targets from his, I I believe it was around like 45 to 50 last year. So I still think that it's possible Antonio Gibson's role grows, and even if his role doesn't grow, let's say he's still in the 45, 50 target range, he will be more efficient because their offense will be better. Or at least he can maintain efficiency and still have a lot of chances for touchdowns. So I like Antonio Gibson, but I do see what you're saying. It's just kind of we're going to have to see what happens, and I also want to see what trends I can find later on when I dig really deep when I do my projections. What if we're both wrong? And there's always this possibility. Fitz doesn't really throw the ball to the running backs a ton. That's true. So, you know, some I'm just thinking about as we're talking through it here. Alex Smith checked down Charlie last year. Yep. Heineke, younger guy, probably would feel safer checking down. But Fitz, man, he loves to sling it. So, you know, maybe it's just a slight tick down for Antonio Gibson. And Curtis Samuel finds his, you know, his targets another way. And I think Terry McLaurin is going to be just fine. He, uh, he, oh, a lot sure. of people were kind of panic selling him for a little bit, except to me, of course. Um, he's going to be fine. So if you have him, man, you're good to go. And to me, he's a guy like Cortland Sutton, where Terry McLaurin and Sutton, they're, they're quarterback proof. It doesn't matter who's back there. They're going to get their targets. They're going to get their receptions, yards, and touchdowns. I'm not concerned at all. 100%. So with that said, we, we touched on that situation a lot. Let's move over to Kenny Galladay signing with the Giants. What are your initial reactions here? Eh. Eh? Yeah, I feel that they paid him. They paid him too much. They I definitely, think. they definitely paid him too much. A lot of, I feel like a lot of people think Kenny Galladay is a top ten receiver in this league. He's not. He's no. he's a bigger guy that can win some contested balls. But there are plenty of guys that fit that profile. And of course. Yeah, yeah, there is. And I mean, landing with Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley. There's so much going on there that Kenny Galladay is probably going to be like a inconsistent back end wide receiver too. That's kind of where I'm feeling he's going to be as of right now. You agree with that kind of uh, that general area? I do. I really do. And I I don't – this one baffles me a little bit. I would have focused more on positions if I was the Giants, like backup running back, although the Devontae Booker signed there as well, which is an upgrade over Wayne Gallman and Devonta Freeman that they were trotting out last year. But I – People are still trying to make Sterling Shepard a thing. Like, can we stop making Sterling Shepard a thing? I, I, I don't have him anywhere. Yeah, I, I think like it's him. over now. 
yeah, it's got to be. And obviously, his game is a lot different than what uh, Kenny Galladay's is. But I, I didn't like the signing. I think they paid too much. They're a young team that just needs to grow elsewhere. I think the guy that this probably hurts the most is Darius Slayton, to be perfectly honest, which For sucks because sure. I have a lot of Darius Slayton on all my dynasty teams. Like almost that, he's almost everywhere. So you're not going to be able to sell him for anything. Yeah, unfortunately, Kenny Galladay hurts everybody except for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he absolutely, and it's possible that he hurts Saquon Barkley in terms of his reception ceiling. But outside of that one season where Saquon saw, like I think it was over 90 targets. That's he hasn't seen it since then. So I don't really right. think his receiving role is losing anything with Galladay signing there. So it helps Daniel Jones a little bit, yes. Let me ask you this. I think this is a good sure. question because I feel like I'm lower on Daniel Jones than everybody else for fantasy purposes. Who would you rather have, Daniel Jones or Cam Newton for one season? For one season, I'm going to go with Cam. And I'm, I'm going to take the the veteran quarterback in a, in a Josh McDaniels system that just reloaded and I think he'll. I think they're going to play to his strengths. Long term, it would be Daniel Jones, but for this season, I'm going to go with Cam. And I know Jones has some wheels, but man, Cam is Cam. You know what I mean? He looked good at the beginning of the year last year. Yeah, he did. He that really Seattle did. game. Whew. Yeah, he he looked good. So we'll we'll see. I would take him for one year in redraft. And I think the nice thing about that is the ADP is going to be there where you do not need to reach to get him. For sure, for sure. Especially with all the young guys now. You know, everyone likes the new shiny toy. So he'll definitely be dropping a little bit. So with that said, that's kind of what we got on Kenny Galladay. Let's move over to, I'll just throw out two names because I don't think there's much to say about either. Juju is back in Pittsburgh, so we kind of already know what that situation looks like because we saw it. And then Deshaun Jackson added to the Rams. Do you think there that really makes any significant changes except for maybe bumping Stafford because he has a deep threat? No. He, he's going to be hurt a lot like he's been the last First, couple years. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, as far as Juju, uh, I heard that he turned down – multiple years and more money from both the Chiefs and the Eagles. So I don't know if that's true, man. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, dude, I, I could understand turning down the Eagles. You know what I mean? Like, the, the situation there is unsettled. Uh, also, I don't know where they have the money to spend on anything. <laughs> but you turn you turn the Chiefs down? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. I mean, it I, would help. I, don't, I don't buy it. He has a chance at a ring. He's making more money. He has a better quarterback, a stable. Stability. Yeah, a stability. And he's got a better offensive mind. I mean, literally, there is not one thing better in Pittsburgh. The weather is not even better in Pittsburgh. Like, no, that makes no sense. The weather's like the same, pretty much, if you think about it. So that, that's a wash right there. But I, I don't know. And you can't say that there's a hometown discount either because the dude's from from california so you know what i mean like that's where the hometown is good speaking of um i don't know if you saw this news i heard former rams wide receiver josh reynolds is visiting with the titans Hmm. either he did visit or will visit so um i think if you can acquire reynolds cheaply like because to me he slots in as the number two there yeah behind aj i think so look at what Corey davis did last year if you put reynolds in for whatever Corey Davis I think he had like a thousand yards and I I didn't check the stats I should have let's just say a thousand yards and five touchdowns and you pay like a third round pick for the guy 
what are you going to get in your rookie drafts for a third round pick that's going to produce like that? See, that's that's interesting because I actually did a actually the last episode was a super flex rookie dynasty start uh, not startup a dynasty mock of the rookies with Nate. And we went back and forth, and there were so many names that I saw in the third round that I loved. Me and him were just grabbing so many guys we loved. So I think in this draft class, I personally, I see what you're saying. I personally would probably prefer the third because I believe in my ability to find that that guy. But I see what you're saying. I, I also don't think Josh Reynolds is nearly as good as Corey Davis, though. And Corey Davis, we saw him struggle for a while there until this right. past season where he finally got a little bit going. So here's what I think about that. When I say that, like, there's guys that I love in the third, fourth, fifth round as well. They may not be your short-term solution. They might take a couple years to develop. Your quicker developing guys are going to be in rounds one and two. That being said, I also don't think he's as good as Corey Davis, but the volume that he could get in that number two role could necessitate him being startable on your fantasy team. So, you know, maybe maybe if you could get him cheap for Dynasty, keep your eye on him and see where he signs for your redraft league, you know, you're we're all in leagues with, you know, home leagues, guys that don't have a podcast, guys that aren't on fantasy Twitter. He could be a steal in the late rounds. Yeah. Brookman's going to get mad at me for talking about Josh Reynolds in the offseason. <laughs> he hates That's Josh funny. Reynolds for, for some reason. He hates him, you said? Because he liked Van Jefferson so much. Oh, and Josh yes, Reynolds I remember that. As well. Yes, yeah. I remember his Van Jefferson love. Yeah, Porkman is another guy on the Dynasty Rewind staff. Um, so let's just hit real quick on the rest of these receivers. All right, so we've got Marvin Jones to Jacksonville. We've got Corey Davis to the Jets, which we should probably spend some time on. And then John Brown to Oakland. Eh. Emmanuel Sanders to Buffalo. Eh. Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams both to Detroit. So I guess the main things I want to focus on are who do you think is the number one in Detroit between Perriman and Tyrell? And then what are your thoughts on Corey Davis assuming we don't see any new names or highly touted names get added to that receiving core in the draft. Let me start. I'll start with Corey Davis. I think he's your de facto interim wide receiver one until Denzel Mims starts to develop. They still have Jameson Crowder in the slot. Then again, wide receiver one, who's the quarterback? We don't know yet. Mm. As far as Detroit, maybe the wide receiver one is Quintez Cephas. And it's not Tyrell Williams or Brashad Perriman, right? It's a possibility. But I would say of the two, I think it's Brashad Perriman. He kind of projects more to me as your prototypical wide receiver one. You saw what he did in Tampa Bay at the end of the season two years ago. Balled out pretty good when he had to. He was hurt most of the last year, and it was the Jets. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I agree. Um, but, hey, I actually like the, the Detroit wide receiving core and people might say i'm crazy but think about the value that they're putting together quintus cephas was fifth round draft pick fifth or sixth i can't remember we'll say day three draft pick uh-huh. that way i sound that way i sound smart and correct <laughs> tyrell williams you know cheap free agent deal uh brashad perriman cheap free agent deal so there is a lot of potential there and again guys that you know we're talking dynasty startups trades redraft adp is going to be there for these guys and someone's going to hit do you think do you think somebody's has to hit though because so first off i do agree brashad perryman is going to probably be the number one and quintess cephas does have the possibility as well i I think we're both kind of just saying it's not going to be tyrell but 
Which is funny because I actually liked Tyrell a lot, especially when he first went to Oakland. But, you know, he's older. He's been dealing with injuries. So and he's somebody that likes to rely on speed and a deep threat. So that also hurts with age and injury. But the point that I was heading towards before that little tangent was that TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift together might eat 200 targets. And I don't know if I believe in Jared Goff enough for me to even take a swing at these receivers unless I'm talking a super deep league, which we know most people are not in. So are you not worried about Jared Goff at all? Well, then this goes back to the guys you want are Goff, Swift, and Hawkinson, right? I don't want Goff. Well, I'm just saying, like, if we're talking, (laughs) it's kind of like the Cam conversation because we might not know who those outer weapons are going to be, but we know who his close-up guys are, Swift, Hawkinson I think if we're going deep and this is deep dive after all then the guy I want is Quintez because most people are going to go who the hell is Quintez Cephas yeah right but they Mm -hmm. but from playing fantasy football they've heard of Brashad Perriman they've heard of Tyrell Williams or like me they traded a mid third round pick for Tyrell Williams the day before he got put on IR last year Mm. trying to make something happen right you learn from the trades that you make and you learn even more from the trades you don't make as they say. Yeah. So it's a good one. I like that. It might be hard. It might be really hard to predict though. Who's just like the Patriots wide receiver core though. Just real quick. I do like what the Patriots have done with their wide receiver core and good value as well. Except for, didn't they pay Kendrick Bourne a lot of money for some reason? Yeah, they did the Patriots. Yeah, they did. Mm. So let me, let me say this about Quintez safe. Uh, Cephas. I'm actually pulling it up on my phone as we speak just because I want to make sure, but I'm pretty sure he went a lot higher than you think. I'm pretty sure he went in the third round. I'm pulling it up right now um, because I will leave you guys with this on Quintez. All right, he, okay, it definitely was not the third round, but he was a guy who was possibly going to go undrafted or go really back really far in the end of drafts. And the Lions took Jeff Akuda, right? The number one corner at three overall, I believe it was. And they asked him in an interview when they were deciding whether they wanted to pick him or not, who is the best wide receiver you've lined up against in college? His answer, his response was Quintez Cephas, and then coincidentally the same team drafts him. So I think that, one, you're getting props from a highly touted corner, one of the highest ones in the past few draft classes, plus the team clearly believed it and believed in you and took you higher than most people were projecting you to go in the draft in general. And I think that's two things that combined perfectly for a recipe with somebody who could be a great sleeper for Dynasty. So I know a lot of people don't know much about the guy, what he did in college, how he's played, but there's a good little tidbit. 6'1", 202 pounds. He went at 166 overall. So if you divide that by... 32 plus some comp picks it's like the fifth round so yeah you were right it was fifth round but i do remember being like wow they grabbed the same guy so anyways that was just something cool about quintess if safest and then with that said we can go ahead and move on to running backs what's up divers do you guys enjoy a good workout like me well guess what i've got the perfect nutrition for you and that is built bar Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any 
holiday or special event items. My favorite is banana bread, followed very closely by coconut. I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code DEEPDIVE to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, so running backs. We've got Chris Carson, one of the guys I was most excited for, and Aaron Jones as well, both returning to their respective teams. Carson's back in Seattle. Aaron Jones is back in Green Bay. Are you looking at them in a similar light as we've been looking at them for the past couple of years? Yeah. It was kind of hoping that one of these guys, just one of them, would have went to Atlanta. <laughs> I would think that Atlanta right now is a good draft spot for, you know, landing on one of these rookie running backs. Carson, he hurts DJ Dallas. And I guess is Rashad Penny season over now? Much Remember more that? than much more than hurts. He did destroys both of those people. Yeah, but Rashad Penny, like that dream's over now, yeah, right? For sure, for sure. Another Seattle first round bust. So he's going into year three. No. Four he's at, go, is he going least, into year four at least okay all right well either way so he's going into he's going into the latest later term of his rookie deal here and he's never taken off it's over get, get out yeah get out now if he was any good they wouldn't have re-signed chris carson they would have believed in him uh and who is i'm sorry who's the other one that you wanted to talk about as well it was aaron jones Aaron Jones, yeah. You know, everybody everybody was stocks up on AJ Dillon for what, two or three days? Man, Twitter sucked for that time period. That was bad and you know it was bad too. And it's just that who would have thought that a guy like that would divide a social media platform so much? Like either love the guy or hate him. And I was just in the background like, This is really entertaining. Um But uh I'm glad he went back. I think that's the best place for him. I did hear today, I wanted to mention during quarterbacks, that the Packers are working on restructuring Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, so that bodes well to me for a guy like Aaron Jones. Uh, would have loved, again, to see one of these guys go to Atlanta. I'm not going to tell you to buy any Atlanta running backs right now. Brian Helleito Smith, the guy whose name I can't pronounce, follow him. Yeah, Stay and, away. and you speaking upon the fact that they just restructured Aaron Rodgers, makes me want to just expound on a point that Seattle and Green Bay both are teams that have heavily relied and been successful on the weight of the shoulders of their quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers have completely carried both of those teams and made them good for such a long time despite Green Bay never spending in free agency and then drafting a backup quarterback and backup running back last year in the first and second rounds. And then Seattle, who have not hit on a first-round pick in the last five years, every single time their first-round pick is somebody that has a overall like expert consensus rank of a third-round draft pick or worse 
Rashad Penny was viewed as a late second, third round graded player. They took him in the first. Jordan Brooks, the linebacker, was graded the same. They took him in the first. LJ Collier graded the same. They took him in the first. Bust, bust, bust. And it's just, to me, it's like, this is why Russ wants to get out of Seattle. I don't blame him. And yeah, me neither. No, of course I don't. And it's just like, these are very similar teams, actually, because they've been way better than they should be, way better than the front office deserves to be. Because, yeah, they made the great pick on Russell Wilson. They made the great pick on Aaron Rodgers. But since those picks, what have they done? And it's just kind of like, come on, guys. And, of course, you know, there are going to be the Seattle fans that point to, like, one or two good late-round picks because Seattle is pretty good in the late rounds. They just never hit up top. And the same thing with Green Bay, like, you know, Devontae Adams in the second or whatever. But overall, they've done a horrible job. But anyways, without going on another tangent yet again. See, it just happens. When, when I'm having a good conversation with a good guest, sometimes it just happens. But let's talk about... I like the tangents, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm liking it. Thank you, thank you. So let's talk about the Houston debacle. You could take it away. They've got <laughs> Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson. If you have to pick one, where are you going and what are your thoughts overall? I guess Philip Lindsay. Right? I mean, David Johnson can't stay healthy. Mark Ingram was a healthy scratch last year. Maybe it's Mark Ingram. Because he's well, no, he he got hurt last year too. I don't know. That's the thing. And I tell people when they say this guy or that guy, and you can't predict it. What I say is just stay away. Go somewhere else. You can pivot to anywhere else. I think you know. I, I'm going to take a, a backup over a guy, and I'm obviously blanking right now as I'm on the spot. But okay, I'll tell you what. I will take Kenyon Drake over any one of these running backs. Ooh. He looks to be. There's another guy that we got to talk Ooh, about. The Kenyon Drake yeah, signing yeah. hurts a lot of my fantasy I, teams. I think I would take Philip Lindsay over Kenyon Drake, just because there's no way Kenyon Drake goes and takes the job away from Josh Jacobs and maybe Philip Lindsay, whether due to injury or whatnot, or just being more talented than at this point in their careers. Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson, he could take the job, but with Kenyon Drake, yeah, all these running backs, man. Carson going back to Seattle ruined everyone that wanted DJ Dallas or Rashad Penny to be a thing. Aaron Jones going back to Green Bay ruined AJ Dillon. Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram going to Houston ruined David Johnson for what he could have possibly been in a redraft league. Kenyon Drake going to Oakland ruins Josh Jacobs. Marlon Mack re-signing with the Colts possibly hurts Jonathan Taylor. There was not one running back move in free agency this year that led to anything positive for anybody. No, it, and it, it really stinks too. Devonte Booker is the only one I could think of. He went to he went to New York. So if Saquon gets hurt again, yeah, yeah, we saw Wayne Gallman did. I guess. I, I I right like I guess that's that's what we're sitting here saying right now. Is I I guess, <laughs> you know, and and the lack of movement has just been really frustrating, and that's why. You really need to be diligent in your rookie drafts, too, and make sure that you're making good picks. And there's going to be times that you have to reach for guys and stick them on your taxi squad. That's just how it goes. But, man, it, it's sad. It's just sad right now. The running back situation the last couple of years kind of sucked for me. Yeah. I don't know about you. It's, it is. it's been hard to predict. It is. And and Carlos Hyde as well to Jacksonville. That's actually might be one where you could take some silver lining, take some positive out of because – Carlos Hyde going to Jacksonville possibly means that they pivot away from running backs in the mid-rounds of the draft, which I thought I they so. might do. And that would hurt James Robinson much more than Carlos Hyde. So now I'm more confident in James Robinson because I think it's more likely that he has the absolute hold, the vice grip, on the workload. 
in that backfield. So I did like that at least. And then we had Jamal Williams go to Detroit, another one that's like, all right, so what is he going to take 15 receptions off of DeAndre Swift's plate? Like, great, another signing that hurts. And then outside of that, I mean, that's pretty much it on running backs. And none of these guys are going to be, like, super great values. None of them have great potential to be, like, a top 24 back outside of maybe a Kenyon Drake or Phillip Lindsay if everyone else gets hurt out of these like lower tier guys we've talked about. So we can move to tight end unless there's something I'm missing, something you want to talk about on running back. No? All right. No. Sadly, that is it. Yeah, that is it. And so let's move to tight end. We already talked about Janu and Hunter Henry. I would view them both as probably like the tight end 10 to 12 range. What are you viewing them as? Because I do think they're going to be the bulk of that receiving game. Yeah, that sounds about right. But then keep in mind that the difference between like tight end four and tight end 12 is massive. You know, whereas with oh, wide receivers, it, sure. I, I think it, it could be clumped together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a huge jump right there. Um, I'm still probably going to try to trade out. And at that point, I'll try to see if I can get like a high tight end two, like a Logan Thomas plus something else. You know what I mean? In because, return for one of those guys you're saying? Uh, yeah, exactly. No, Logan Thomas came on really strong last year, and if you could get like Logan Thomas in a second for like Hunter Henry, I would take that for oh, sure. Or, for sure, I don't know if anybody like, would get an early, a second or, up for these guys. Say, say an early third, something like that. Probably gotcha. be a little bit more fair. Yeah. But the one that really, you know, you, you talk about Jared Cook to Los Angeles. That tells me that they want to draft a tight end. They didn't try to resign Hunter Henry. Uh, a lot of people think that Cal Pitts might follow them at twelve. No way. He just ran I mean, a four. He just ran a, a reported four four six. There's no way he's dropping that far. Dude, that that is so insane. I mean, that's he ran the same forty as Travis Etienne did. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, but the one that I like is Gerald Everett to Seattle. Yeah, we saw I like that what one Russell too. Wilson can do with these good tight ends. Gerald Everett's a decent tight end. He is. He really is. Um, but that also tells me go by Bryson Hopkins. He was on. He was a third string tight end for the Rams last year fourth round pick out of Purdue guy I like yeah. a lot hey Tyler so. Higby season Tyler Higby season too let's can we finally see it please finally do you really are you are you a Higby guy I do like Higby and he was like way more efficient not like I mean he was a hundred percent more efficient than Everett was when Everett went out with injury in 2019 and then for some reason they went back to Everett and Higby having a split this past season, and honestly that whole offense was garbage anyways, so it didn't wouldn't have mattered at all because Goff is horrible. But with Stafford there now, I'm hoping you know Woods and Cup are going to be the bulk of that offense, right? But if they yeah. pass as much as they have in a few seasons, then there's possibility for Tyler Higby to be in that six to eight range in tight ends i could see it with jared ever gone but i just want i had to throw out the tyler higby the tyler higby season real quick because <laughs> you know it's, it's just another possibility somebody i like i have been holding him on all my dynasty teams but with that said we we pretty much covered all the offensive pieces so i'm gonna give you guys a Lowdown on all of the defensive signings and the offensive line signings because all of these things do massively impact my projections, my statistical projections when I do them later on because better defenses usually are good for that team's running back and not as good for 
wide receivers or passing favored quarterbacks. And then um, bad defenses, people that are losing defenders and not really gaining anywhere, that's really good for receivers and really good for passing quarterbacks. And then obviously offensive line, we know that's better for pretty much everyone on the offense. So we're going to go through real quick. All right, we've got J.J. Watt to Arizona. That's nice. Bolster the defense a little bit. Carl Lawson to the Jets. Mm, they're still very far from being a good defense. Trey Hendrickson to Cincinnati. He's basically just replacing Carl Lawson. Matt Judon to New England. A lot of guys started going to New England, and they're getting guys back from free agency. Another guy they got was Kyle Van Noy. So that defense yeah. is getting a lot better, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Yannick Ngakwe is going to Oakland. Their defense still sucks, so doesn't make too much of an impact. This was an interesting one that I haven't really seen many alerts for or many people talk about. Hassan Reddick signed a one-year deal with Carolina. That makes me mad because I don't want him in my division. And Carolina I didn't even has see that. Yeah, exactly, right? Honestly. Everyone yeah. like nobody's talked about it. It was a one-year deal, which is surprising because he just put up double-digit sacks. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he is. He's a so good player. yeah, he is a good player, and I think I trust that coaching staff to use him. Plus, they have been a D line that I've been all over in terms of like for the future. They've got Brian Burns, sick. For some reason, I can never remember their defensive tackles name that they just drafted last year do do you remember what it is from either auburn or alabama Derek brown yes that's what it is we'll, we'll go with that one it's yeah, your show so it, we're gonna go it with is that. it is it's brian burns Derek brown and they've got another defensive tackle i don't know why they've got like the weird named guys that i can never remember but they have a sick d-line okay and they're all young so I really like what they they got going. They got Jeremy Chin as well. So they've got a pretty nice base to build around. And obviously their offense has plenty of weapons. We'll see what they do at quarterback. But if they get one of these young rookie quarterbacks, that's possibly the best landing spot for one of these guys. It's definitely among the best landing spots for a, a rookie quarterback. But anyways, getting ahead of myself, let's go back to the defenders. Bud Dupree signed in Tennessee. Meh. Jalen Mills went to New England, but he's not nearly as impactful as... I think a lot of people are thinking, and you're the resident Eagles fan, so what are your thoughts? He's versatile, which is what Bill, a guy like Bill Belichick wants. He could play corner, he could play safety. So, But can he play smart... either of them well? That's the question. Um, I actually, he's not as bad as people think he is, but he's not as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. You know, he's, here's okay. the thing. He, he was a very important piece on a Super Bowl team. And that that's no lie. And True. he played pretty well here. But there were times where he was in his over his head. I like him a little bit better as a safety than I do as um as a cornerback. When he's yeah. the guy that's he's a more aggressive tackler and stuff, so that's good. That's exactly. Safety. And he they'll probably blitz with him, I would think, and he's very good at that. When he's the guy being the extra coverage and not the guy that needs the extra coverage, if this makes any sense to you, he seems to thrive in that. So I think he's gonna be fine. And, you know, New England, they seem to get the most out of their, their guys. Yeah. So, he'll be good up there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't think he's good enough for him to, like, sway a projection too much for me when people are playing against New England. But I do say see what you're saying for sure. But some corners that I really think are going to make an impact for their respective teams. Kyle Fuller to the Broncos. Just ridiculous. Their defense is getting stacked. That stacked yes. and then Shaq Griffin to Jacksonville now him and CJ Henderson can both play opposite each other that's a pretty nice duo and they've got some young pieces out there on that defense as well they're they've got picks to add to it 
And then a Dory Jackson to the Giants. That's a nice element to add to a defense that was also very good. So I think Denver, Jacksonville, and the Giants all got better with their cornerback signings. And then we've got William Jackson, another corner to the Washington football team, which already had a sick defense. And he's replacing, who was it, Bradley Roby that they just lost? I believe so. Yeah, and I think it was Bradley Roby. And he's better than Bradley Roby, so that's just an upgrade for another really good defense. So I, I thought the corner signings were pretty good, at least the top-end corners that came off the market, especially the Kyle Fuller one. Then we've got some offensive linemen, but there was one safety also, John Johnson, pretty good from the Rams that signed with Cleveland, made their defense a little bit better. And the Kansas City Chiefs, what were your thoughts on what they did with the offensive line? Did you see what they did? They released... Two guys and then Matt massively paid Joe Thune. Like, so now they have more holes, but one hole is filled with a much better player than if they kind of just kept the other two. It's just like kind of weird what they did. But well, yeah, and they, they kept or they re signed or they signed Kyle Long out of retirement, too. I saw. Oh, I didn't even see that. So there you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Kyle Long okay, came out of retirement, decent. formerly of the Bears, and now he's a chief. But. Well, it just surprises me because you saw how bad that offensive line looked without Eric Fisher in the yeah. Super Bowl. And then you see that two got released. <laughs> and then it's like, well, we're going to cut him and the other guy. And it's like, uh, okay, well, what are you doing, man? <laughs> but, I mean, I, I guess we'll have to just trust a process that's been an organization that's been run very well. Yeah. The last, I mean, decade, really. So True. When in doubt, fall on the history, right? Sure. So then we've got, so we had Joe Thune to Kansas City. I'm not ready to say that their offensive line is going to be better than it was last year, though. And then, and remember, when they were in the Super Bowl versus my Bucks and everything, and through a lot of the playoffs, they had a lot of guys hurt, too. So it's definitely not going to be bad like that. So don't be too worried about Mahomes or anyone. Then Matt Feiler, Feeler, went to L.A., and then Kevin Zietler, Zeitler went to Baltimore. That was a good signing. That was a pretty nice one. That- that's going to be huge for the Ravens. Yeah, it is. It's going to help Lamar the most. It's going to help the running backs. But everyone knows I'm not a huge Dobbins guy compared to like the average consensus of Dobbins just because of the volume that's there. And then Rodney Hudson to Arizona. So they added J.J. Watt on the D-line. Then they added to the offensive line with Rodney Hudson. Nice. I, I was a fan of most of the moves that Arizona made. And then Corey Lindsley, a center. That signed in L.A. So L.A.'s got two guys, Matt Feeler and Corey Lindsley, two guys that are solid starters that are going to definitely help their offensive line, which was a weakness for them. Signs are pointing up for Justin Herbert to, I'm sure he's going to come down a little bit from what he did in his rookie season. I mean, it would be hard for him to just keep a pace like that. But I think he's got a very good shot to be a superstar quarterback once again, or close to it with the weapons that he has. Losing Hunter Henry might hurt a little bit, but they could easily grab somebody in the draft that can, you know, replace him or just another receiver. And I I like what what the Chargers are doing on offense. So we'll see, you know, how their offense looks um, because obviously their head coach is a defensive coordinator, former from the Rams. So we don't really know exactly what their offensive is going to look, offensive uh, game plan is going to look like yet. But I like the pieces they've got there. What are your thoughts on the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, I just took um, Justin Herbert at the 1-7 in a startup, Superflex. Yeah, and that's I, exactly I wrapped, where I, wrapped, I have him. 
wrapped around and took Joe Burrow. Nice. So I'm pretty happy with it. I was surprised that Burrow was still there. I was actually going to go Burrow first, but I feel like if I did that, Herbert would not have been there at the wraparound. No, you definitely got to take Herbert first, especially with the moves they've made. I mean, the Bengals, what are they doing, bro? They haven't signed anyone, brought in anyone. Like, they added one okay person. I didn't uh, update this this free agency list, so I actually forgot who it was. But they added a decent offensive lineman. I don't know if you caught the name. but And I know what you're talking about. I don't remember off the top of my head. We actually forgot to mention that A.J. Green did sign with the Cardinals as well. Yeah, I mean, is but that I, worth... I don't think that's anything. Yeah, I guess we got to mention it to tell people that they shouldn't be really worried about it. Because I'm, I'm completely out on just him. just let him know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pulling so up. Go ahead, go ahead. I like what the Chargers are doing, though. They're, they're, they seem to be turning it around. I mean, they're one of those teams that's good every year, but never in the freaking playoffs, man. You know what I mean? Phillip Rivers throwing for 4,000 yards for how many years, and then nothing. Yeah. And so. I did find that offensive lineman. The one the Bengals signed was Riley Reef from the Vikings. He was pretty good. So, I mean, that's okay, but they, they just need to make more moves. They If they don't come out of this draft sure. with Slater or Sewell, I'm going to be pissed. Like, if they take a receiver or they do something else, which I don't even know what else is on the board outside of receiver and offensive line, but if they do something else, I'm going to just lose it because Joe Burrow, you saw what happened. You need to protect him. Joe Mixon yeah. is a much better running back than the stats indicate. You need to give sure. him an offensive line to run behind. And Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are receivers that I love, and they're not going to be able to be great unless Burrow has time to throw the ball. So yep. I don't know what they're doing. They need to, to pick it up, and hopefully they add some pieces in the draft if not more than one. But that's what we've got on the free agents. So was there any like crazy news that you wanted to discuss or talk about? And if not, then you can go ahead and plug all your stuff again so people know where to find you. No, I think I chimed in with everything that I wanted to say. You covered most of it, honestly. Thank you again for having me on. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. And uh, if you want to be a fan of mine, for whatever reason, just <laughs> I love the way Twitter. that you just worded that. <laughs> well, it's I always say that whenever I close out the show. And if you're so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at Rewind CEO. I keep forgetting that I changed my handle at the request of my guys. Uh, but I would much rather you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. And that's true. The show doesn't tweet a lot. Um, it's mostly about when we're dropping something or, you know, we, I, I run the show account. I try to respond to everybody, but I'm more active on my account, to be honest with you. So come check us out. We do rookie breakdowns. We're a little bit different. We're all dynasty all the time. That's it. That's what we're good at. Yes. So that's all, what we get. That's what we kick it with. You know all I mean? dynasty all the time. And you're grinding that's rookie it. breakdowns. Nate is grinding as basically a scout right now. So he's amazing. Yeah. A lot of good rookie stuff for sure over there. And just overall dynasty stuff in general so go check him out go check out and support nate on dynasty rewind and michael on dynasty rewind thank you for joining me again thank you guys for tuning in drop a rating review if you haven't already that helps me immensely as i'm sure you can attest to mr bauer in case anyone's wondering why the podcasters say give us a rating review when you do that it bumps us up so it makes us easier to find when you're easier to find you're more likely to get a sponsorship when podcasters have a sponsorship they could do more with that time with their money and they make a better product for you taking five minutes to leave a review for your favorite podcast like this one like the dinosaur rewind like anything else you listen to it helps us help you so in the end 
it all comes back to the consumer. That's you guys. <laughs> you are such a salesman, dude. I love it. I love it. I have to sell things at work, so I'm a mechanic, but I'm actually one of those rare mechanics where, you know, you go into a shop, everybody gets their car fixed. That drives, right? Brandon, you have a car, right? Yes, sir. Okay, what kind of car, what kind of shop do you take your car to? Uh, Toyota. <laughs> okay, so you go to the dealership. dealer. You never talk to the mechanic at the dealer, right? You no. talk to the service writer. Correct. So the service writer is good at talking to people. The mechanic's good at fixing the car. I'm one of the rare mechanics that I could do both. I fix your car right, and I could talk one of the customers. So <laughs> that's kind of how I incorporate everything. You know, I gotta, I reap what I sow. So. Man, <laughs> you're. You're, I, bro, I freaking love you. You're a funny guy, man. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just being me. That's it. I'm exactly this way in real life, too. Yeah. So the takeaway from that, guys, drop a rating, drop a review. I hope you guys have good. And I will see you next Tuesday. And actually, I'm actually going to pull up my schedule and let you guys know what we should have for the next episode. And that will be a dynasty Superflex startup mock draft so we did the rookie mock draft with nate last week i've got a special guest that you guys have not heard from coming on tuesday hopefully everything works out well but we're going to do a startup mock and uh we'll probably use fantasy pros thank you guys for listening in remember go check out dynasty rewind have a good one peace